Testing one, two, three. This is episode 40. Yo. Oh, 40? 40. That's crazy. I know. Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we are talking about Weird by Youngblood, released in 2020 under Locomotion Recordings and Interscope Records. And my guest is Ethan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, Ethan. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to, to return. Do I have the record yet? You ask me that every time. <laughs> I'm going to keep asking until it's it's a true statement. I want to be able to say that I have the record. I will say you must be getting close because you've been on a lot recently, especially mm. with COVID happening. And because you and I are in the same bubble, you're allowed to come join me in person, which I'm happy to report. Ethan's actually in my apartment today oh, yeah. where it's, it feels like old times. It feels like uh, we're not living in a pandemic right now, but obviously we still are. Still, it's still very active today. How have you been doing in the pandemic, Ethan? Uh, how, how, how you been coping? Uh, you know, getting by, getting by, same as same as it kind of has been for the past year. Just sort of um, going to classes, going to those Zoom classes, and soon I'll be going back to work. And you know, just taking it one day at a time. But it's good living living at home with the fam, keeping the morale high. So love it. It's all it's all good. Living it's all coming that vida together. loca. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Ethan, I'm really excited to have you back. It's so nice to have somebody here in person on the podcast. So thank you for agreeing to come down to Toronto today and hang out with me for a little bit. Um, before we start talking about this album, definitely an interesting album. Also, the youngest artist we've done on the pod so far. How old is he? He's 23 years old. Young 23. Guy. He is 23. Damn. Yeah. So it, it only makes sense that we've got our youngest guest for our youngest artist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Man, the guy's like only three years older than me. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? He could have been like my friend in elementary school. I know. Maybe he still he can was, be your friend. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> who knows what the? Who knows what's in the stars, you know? Maybe. Exactly. Anything can happen. Exactly. Yeah. But before we get into this uh, this record from Youngblood, I'm going to give you and the listeners a little bit of history on the artist himself. How does that sound? It sounds amazing. I can't wait. He may go by Youngblood, but his actual name is Dominic Harrison, an outspoken and enigmatic alt-indie pop-punk artist. Born and raised in South Yorkshire, England, Dom studied at Arts Ed, an independent performing arts school in London, and quickly picked up playing the guitar, bass, piano, and drums. At the age of 19, he dropped his first single called King Charles, a protest song for the working class, followed by I Love You, Will You Marry Me, which he has said is a commentary on large corporations willing to make money on anything and everything, including love itself. And one of his biggest hits has been Tin Pan Boy, written about the construction project in Tin Pan Alley, London, a historical music site. Tin Pan Alley, I learned about that that uh, last year. Did you this really? Year. Yeah, because I took a, mu- uh, a music elective course and we were like, oh, Tin Pan Alley. Yeah. Education. It's secular. Yeah. <laughs> Cyclical. Cyclical. Yeah, it's just one big circle, you know? However, it was really the song Parents from his underrated youth EP that skyrocketed him to fame as a tribute to pure individualism. His debut album was called 21st Century Liability. The album we're talking about today, Weird, is Youngblood's second studio album, which was released in December 2020 after experiencing production delays due to COVID-19. The long-awaited record boasted six singles, Weird, Strawberry Lipstick, God Save Me But Don't Drown Me Out, Cotton Candy, Mars, and Acting Like That, which is a bonus track featuring Machine Gun Kelly and Travis Barker. Youngblood has said the album speaks to the complexity of humanity and the different personalities we possess and how Gen Zers have truly been able to embrace who they are. And this is evident on the album as he plays into different genres with influences from bands like Oasis and the Beastie Boys and everything in between. 
Fun hmm. fact, right? I didn't know it was influenced from Oasis. That's pretty cool. Oh, 100%. If you, oh. The song uh, Charity. Did you listen to the song Charity? I did. I that's can't like, really for me, that's like, a, that, that's like Noel Gallagher at oh its gosh. finest. Wait a minute. Because that's where he's like, and I never said oh, that I. I, I kind of thought it had a similar melody to like Iran. Where it's just like, Iran. I ran. What, are, what are the lyrics? What's the chorus? Do you know? I ran. Like the, I ran, I ran so far away. Oh, It kind of has a similar oh, melody to of. that a little bit. Interesting. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and Dom has also been adamant that he is not Youngblood alone. Youngblood is a collective that will love and accept you even if no one else does. Rock love on. That. Love yeah, that. Rock on. Absolutely. I never knew he was from, I thought he was from Manchester. No, nah, man. South Yorkshire. I think it's because of like his... um you know manchester the youth the manchester youth are very like eccentric and very yeah, yeah. like out there he does have the uh th- the yorkshire or yorkshire <laughs> butcher that pronunciation every time pudding he does yeah no yeah probably <laughs> no he does yeah he definitely has had a yorkshire pudding every now and then he definitely has the yorkshire accent i think like i can hear it but he's it, got a thick yeah yeah because he's like i fought and i think it almost sounds a little bit like there's a mix of Manchester in there, though, too, which is what confuses I mean, me. Could be. I'm not an expert at dialects, so me I can't neither. be the one to talk. I've but. tried many an uh, many an accent on this pod, all to uh, all with all failing, failing Shit. every time. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by the wonderful people at Midtown Brewing Company. Midtown Brewing Company is not just a brewery. It is also a taproom, restaurant, and retail store located in Ontario's own Prince Edward County and offering an exciting mix of craft beers, including French, German, and Belgian options, along with special seasonal offers. Today, in tribute to Strawberry Lipstick, the third track off Weird, we will be drinking Midtown's Strawberry Sour Light Beer, made with locally sourced fruit and best enjoyed ice cold. You can find the Strawberry Sour and other great beers from Midtown at their Wellington location. And for more information, you can follow Midtown on Facebook and Instagram at Midtown Brewing Company. Remember, shop local and stay safe. Cheers, Ethan. Cheers. Yo, shout out to Midtown Brewery, man. Shout out to Midtown Brewery. Thank you for the Strawberry Sours. <laughs> Ethan, we're talking about Youngblood today. Yes. What does your relationship look like with Youngblood? Uh, are you a fan of his? Uh, how did you discover him? And what does your relationship look like with the album Weird? I, I, I'm definitely, I think I'm turning into a fan of his. I will say I like, I don't know if I'm like just yet sort of like attracted to the music just yet, or I'm not like, I haven't listened to a lot of stuff with the same style uh, for you know most of the time growing up. I thought it, it kind of had a similarity to like Panic at the Disco for a little bit. Like when I first, this first song I listened to on the album was Teresa. Yeah. Um, and I like the first thing I thought was like, oh, I feel like I'm back in 2008 and I'm listening to like a Panic of the Disco or like a My Chemical Romance song or like I'm on my, like a drive home and I, it just came on the radio. Like that's what it made me feel like. For sure. Because def- I feel like there's definitely some similarities. I think I'm just not used to like My Chemical Romance. I did this a lot where it's like it's very it's kind of like Screamo in a way with like some yeah. of the songs. He's very passionate and very aggressive. It's like a little bit Screamo, a little bit emo, a little bit of rap, a mm-hmm. little bit of like punk like pop punk but then there's like true pop in there as well he's kind of like a, a, a smorgasbord of of everything there's a lot yeah there, no there's a, he does a lot there's a lot of different kind of styles in there which is great i love i love like the diversity and the sort of like well-rounded like style that he has um i think the way i got introduced to him was actually it was kind of by mistake i think you may have mentioned him to me before but I think the like first time I listened to him was I was actually looking for the song High Hopes by Codaline. 
Have you heard of that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know the sad song. Yeah, but I love it. In the song "Parents," there's a lyric where he's like, "My high hopes are getting low." So I think because of that, I searched up "high hopes." And because of that, I guess the YouTube algorithm, they were like, oh, you were trying to find this one. <laughs> were you looking for this incredibly... <laughs> were you looking for parents? I'm like, no. Uh, but I was like, okay, this looks... I think that he, it probably had an interesting thumbnail, so I clicked on it. And then I was like, bro, this guy has an insane style. He also looks like uh, Harry Styles mixed with the Joker. No offense. It's just like <laughs> the resemblance is kind of uncanny. I totally agree. Yeah, he's kind of like if Harry Styles like you know, dyed his hair and decided mm-hmm. to go down the pop punk scene. Yeah. Instead of the instead of the Mick Jagger kick he seems to be on recently. Yeah. They definitely like they have some sort of resemblance and like the comment section was also commenting on that, like how they sort of have similarities. But that was the first song I had ever listened to and I like really enjoyed it. Um and then I kind of I don't really know if I listened to him all that much of the time after. I feel like this is the first time where I've like really kinda dove into his his music and listened to it all at once mm-hmm. um but i really like the messages that he's like putting in there or at least the sort of things that i got from it um and like i, I just i love what he's trying to do like bringing people together and he's like trying to create this like really inclusive community it's just like it's, it's really nice yeah i totally agree it's funny you bring up parents because I think that was probably one of the first songs I'd ever heard by Youngblood as well. For me, though, I remember seeing the music video actually for I Think I'm Okay, which is Youngblood, Machine Gun Kelly, and Travis Barker. You also showed me that one, actually. I forgot yeah. about that. And because I was kind of like, it was like in the early stages of me discovering like my Machine Gun Kelly obsession when, <laughs> when, when, when MGK decided to be more pop punk instead of rap. That's when I started like falling in love with him head over heels. MGK. And then when I started, and then when I was like watching this video, I was like, who is this like young kid, like this young blood guy? I'd never heard of him. And then, yeah, I think you and I had chatted about it and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, have you heard Parents? I was like, no. And then I went back right. and I listened to Parents and I watched the video and the video is like straight up psychotic. It's just like a mess from start, like a mess in the best possible way. He comes in with like a assault rifle on his back. He's like, oh man. But he's like a sexy baby. Like he's like dressed like a baby. Oh, is that what he was dressed yeah, as? Yeah, he's supposed oh. to be like a baby with a rifle. And That's then, crazy. Yeah, it's just like, it's nuts. And then there's like scenes where he's like laying down on like his own grave. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just the yeah, yeah. here lies young blood. It's just, it's very, it's very chaotic. The entire thing. He's a very chaotic person. Oh, yeah. But I was like, I was just like, who is this like crazy little goblin? And like, why am I so, no, but you know what I mean? I was like, why am I so like obsessed with him? Like I was very drawn to him yeah. as an artist. Um, I listened to his EP, which was Hope for the Underrated Youth, which mm. actually, fun fact, you gave me um, on vinyl for my birthday uh-huh. this year. And I appreciate it so much because I love that EP. Nice. Um, and then I remember just like via Apple Music, I listened to his first album, 21st Century Liability, loved it. And then I followed him on Instagram. So then I was seeing he was promoting his new album. He was like showing off the writing process and whatever. And it was, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, it was long awaited because of COVID. So it kept getting delayed, kept getting delayed. And I was like, I need something something like this year like I just need this gift of music that I really want I'm wondering how like this is kind of off topic I'm wondering like how COVID-19 affected the production of like a record or like an album well if you think about it though like even being in the studio like when we when COVID first hit we didn't know what the heck was going on a lot of things just shut down like production of movies shut down production like music production live shows shut down right so I feel like even just being in the studio with one other person Mm. you probably had to be careful and they didn't really know how to handle it that's fair that's fair yeah yeah plus then there's all the things that go into like um promoting the singles and the music videos and all of that production element of it as well right I'm sure distribution I, I thought maybe distribution would probably be impacted 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But um, when it did come, when, when it came out, I was so excited. I remember like downloading it. It came on like a Friday, and obviously I've been working from home since the pandemic started. So I was like listen to it my entire work day, and I was just like so in awe of the piece of work that he presented because it was. I like what you said where it's like he kind of touches on all these different genres, right? Like it's very clear that he's not putting himself in one box ever. Oh, yeah. um, we already talked about how he's influenced by a lot of different artists, but he was so like confident and secure. And I think that's like kind of like this underlying theme that I'm finding with a lot of Gen Z artists coming up right now mm -hmm. is that they're so like free to be you and me type people, which I think is amazing because oh, yeah. unfortunately as a society, like we've kind of shunned particular people from, society in general right and and because people have kind of been considered outcasts when they've been different but he's somebody who's come to the forefront as an outcast and been like not only is it okay to be different mm -hmm. it should be celebrated your differences make you special and your differences make yeah. you who you are and i feel like too especially during covid what i what i really resonated with on the album was he was able to put into words a lot of the thoughts and feelings i was experiencing mm -hmm. um from like a mental health perspective too for sure so he speaks very loudly and clearly about how he might be feeling, maybe not attributed to the pandemic necessarily, but like I was able to derive those thoughts and feelings and how, you know, my mental health was affected. So, uh, I really, he, I really appreciate the fact that he's not shy about his personal struggles and he just puts it all out there and he's just like, I'm just gonna love myself for who I am and like, fuck what anybody else thinks. Yeah. I think that's why, um, like, He's so um, captivating, like you were saying. Yeah. Like you, you couldn't really understand why. I think it's because like he's honestly like being himself. I feel like sometimes um, artists might like might like kind of play a character. They might amp it up, and it might seem kind of artificial. Sort yeah. of like uh, that's like, kind of like a part of their marketing. But I feel like for him, that he's just being himself, yeah. and that's what makes it so amazing. Because it's like it's not an act. None of it's like for marketing or anything. He's just doing these things because he actually wants to do it. And you know, he's doing it openly, which is always a good thing to see. And that kind of confidence and like self security oh, yeah. at 23 years old, yeah. I was like, I wish I, I wish at 23 years old, I had that confidence that this guy, I wish, Hey, at 27 years old that I am now, I have that same mm -hmm. kind of confidence this guy has. It takes people sometimes their whole life to get to that point where they just say, fuck it. I'm going to be me and yeah. you guys can deal with it. Like I really, uh, definitely really drawn to him in that sense. So I'm excited to get into, I'm excited to get into the songs. What do you say, Ethan? Should we let's do it. dive in? Let's dive right in. <laughs> I'm off the deep end. Okay, Ethan, there are a lot of very different songs on this record. Um, I'm curious to see where you want to start the conversation today. What's, uh, what's the first song on your list? Well, I already brought this song up. Uh, I think we'll start with Teresa. That was the... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Tere I don't know whether to say Teresa or Teresa, because he says Teresa. He's, I think it's his accent where he's like, Teresa. Teresa. Yeah. yeah. You was, and I both sang it differently there. I, I, I did it with like a song. southern accent or something. <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I wanted to talk about this one for, this was the first one on the album that I listened to. Um, and well, it's, it's, the first, it's the first track. Yeah. That's probably why. <laughs> I'm, let me talk, Kiara. <laughs> Don't let me embarrass myself. Um, yeah, this is the very first song. Um, but it was like, it was just a very good introduction because I, like I said, it kind of sent me back to, like, I felt like I was, uh, listening to like Panic at the Disco for the first time or like listening to like emo music. Is that, yeah. a, is that a, is that okay to say emo music? Yeah, that's what it's okay. called. Yeah. I wasn't sure. It's like, <laughs> you're not offending I, anyone. That's what it's called. No, I said it and I'm like, oh, it kind of sounds mean, but no, like, no, no, it was emo. Cause I feel like 2008 
was when I first got introduced to it. So hearing this again, it was like a time capsule almost. Oh, I 100% agree. It yeah. was fully like being back. To, to me, I actually think more My Chemical Romance with this song, but I see where you're coming from with Panic at the Disco too. Yeah, I think yeah, I think there's probably more similarities in My Chemical Romance, but I, I heard a l- I guess Panic at the Disco is kind of my go-to because that's one of my favorites. I was listening to this and I thought like, it almost felt like it should have been in uh, End of the Fucking World. Yeah. I thought it would have fit really well because... That's actually it, a good point, yeah. It, like, it, it painted a story in my mind of like these two kids who like don't fit in and they're like, they fall in love or like run away. So I feel like it would have been perfect in that sort of context. I feel like it fit their characters perfectly. Yeah, and for anyone who might not know, uh, The End of the Fucking World is an amazing uh, limited series on, on Netflix. It's only like two seasons. I want to say it's like a total of 10 episodes or 12 episodes. It's really short between the two seasons. Yeah, probably like 12 episodes. Yeah, highly recommend though. You and oh, I yeah. watched it together and it was great. I haven't seen the second season yet, actually. <sighs> you just made me lie on the podcast. No. Oh, shit. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, one of the, the lyrics that I really enjoyed was, um, it's like the chorus where he says, uh, as long as I watch over you, you don't need to run. Yeah. As long as I watch over you, you don't need to say we're dead. Um, and I feel like the last chorus was probably the most powerful because it starts off really like gentle. Yeah. Uh, and then it just like explodes at the end. Uh, and I thought it was like just a really good way to tie it up. And yeah, it just, I like, really hit home that story for me. Like, I, I feel like that's a common thing I do when I'm listening to songs is like, I, I try and like imagine it like usually paints a picture in my mind and I like kind of like try and go with it. And that was the one that it, it just stayed with me for the whole thing. I, I, yeah, I totally agree. I'm glad that you're starting with this one because I always love a good intro track that is fully like representative, I think, of what you're about to hear. So even though, you know, the song, I did a little bit of research on Genius and uh, Youngblood or Dom, he apparently wrote it uh, about a fan mm-hmm. uh, or he was speaking to a fan and her boyfriend had passed away. So he wanted to write a song about like her boyfriend looking out from, for her from the other side, basically, wherever uh, he might be, which which makes right. sense when you, when you listen to the lyrics. But what I also like about this song is um, on some of the songs in the album, the ones that are maybe a little bit more reminiscent of like, you know, the uh the Sid Vicious or Beastie Boys type it doesn't really show off how how well he can sing as an artist and in this track he he's got that long ass like as long as you know like it's it really yeah it really shows off how good he can sing like how well he can sing oh yeah um so I really appreciated that about this track as well and it's very like again you already spoke to kind of the crescendo of the song I like that he keeps you guessing because when it starts, it's got this like kind of like piano melody behind it, almost like a lullaby. And then it's like kind of spooky, but you're like, I'm into it. And then, yeah, when just the whole like a whole band kind of comes in at the end and he's like screaming out that chorus, that yeah. final chorus, you're like, what am I in for? What are we doing here, Dominic? <laughs> like, I don't know where this is going, but I know that I like it. Yeah. And I'm curious to see what happens. And I just hope that everything's okay. <laughs> That's fair. I was like, I kind of, I relate with that where it's like, I didn't really know where it was going because I thought the last chorus, that was how it was going to end on that more gentle note. I thought that it was like, oh yeah, that's how he's going to tie it up. It's just going to kind of like go out softly because it kind of started pretty punchy, you know? Is that an adjective? It's an adjective. <laughs> Uh, it's <laughs> just like to contrast, but then, yeah, like it was very unexpected how he just like, everyone just came in and it was like this huge climax basically. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing song. Oh yeah. Yeah. Love that one. Love that one. Good way to start things off. We started off with the first track on the record. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's just the way that she goes. It, it, I mean, you got to start the record off strong, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Get their attention. Um, so I have, I have a couple favorites on the record. 
The first one I want to talk about because it's been stuck in my head for <laughs> basically since it came out. My friends know this because I, I love this song and I recommend it to pretty much almost everyone is the song Cotton Candy. Oh, yes. I remember that one. So this one I really like because it's funny. It's a very vast departure from mm. what I like about Youngblood. I like that Youngblood is spooky and weird and almost kind of like ugly, for lack of a better words, at times. You know, like he's not always that like perfect punk, uh, pop punk kind of like um, pop punk prince, I guess. I don't know. Like, you know, but this this song is a true pop song in my eyes. It's catchy. It's got a fun beat. It's like uplifting in a certain way Mm -hmm. it's like about like love and sex and freedom and all of these things and dom has actually said uh in like in speaking about the song he says that sex and sexuality is about freedom the idea you can lose yourself in other people of all genders all shapes and sizes to find yourself and figure out who you truly are so it was good because in an album where i was constantly getting surprised and truly had to expect the unexpected i did not expect a full-blown pop song that was going to be this catchy and this almost like fun like i just thought it was going to be heavier yeah yeah. no it was like yeah no it's definitely a surprise in that kind of aspect well because it kind of like i don't want to say deviates from but it kind of does a little bit yeah yeah but but in a good way Yeah, yeah and i like it too because yes it's a love song yes it's a pop song about love but it's it's different from Dom's perspective because he's come out as pansexual and polyamorous. Right. So the way that he writes, like in the chorus, he says like, I'm losing myself in you and you and you and you, you know what I mean? Like he's admitting to everybody or maybe admitting is the wrong word, but he's being very confident in the fact that this is who I am. Mm. Like being pansexual, he's attracted to all types of genders and all types of sexual orientations and uh, identifications and all of that. So um, I think that it's great that he made a song, about his experiences and about mm-hmm. how he sees love because everybody can, I don't know, see it differently. Yeah, and being open about it, I feel like, well, I mean, that yeah. serves as like an inspiration, right? So like people can feel confident to do the same, be themselves. Yeah, I totally agree. I kind of like noticed, uh, like listening to the song, I feel like this is, this was one of the, the the songs where I feel like his accent came out the most and that's, that's mm-hmm. something that kind of surprised me. I just thought it was interesting because for most British artists, you don't really hear their accent when they sing, right? Not usually, no. So, but with Youngblood, it's different. I feel like he... It's like he puts it on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he... I, he, he has he an accent, yeah. Yeah, he has that accent. But it, it, yeah, it almost seems like even when he sings, you can like tell where he's from. Yeah, like he's he, like, I want to get stuck between your teeth like cotton candy. I have <laughs> yeah. that lyric down because that was the one that made me think of it. Because, yeah, <laughs> you can hear it in that one lyric, just all the Britishness in yeah. there. <laughs> So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. And the video, I don't know if you've seen the video, but the video is really fun as well. And it's just kind of like, again, going back to him being confident, like he's wearing, you know, he's kind of breaking down those gender stereotypes. He's wearing like, you know, clothing that's maybe normally attributed to female clothing. And he's just kind of like rocking it in his tennis skirt and his little like his little angel wings. And he's just living his best life. Hell yeah. And I'm just like, you go, Dom. You, you go, go Dom. Coco. <laughs> it's so, I didn't know what his real name was. And now that I know it's Dom or like Dominic, I'm like, that's kind of, it's like, it's so weird. I feel like Dominic isn't a British name. Is that weird? I don't know. I kind of like it, Dom. Dom. Ethan, how are you enjoying the uh, strawberry sour so far? I'm actually very much enjoying it. I'm it's, very much enjoying it as well. Just wanted to give a little shout out to uh, Midtown Brewing Company because this is delicious. It really is. I'm like, I, I, I already said to Kiara, I'm not a big fan of like hoppy beers. So I was very pleasantly surprised with this one. I can, it's very easy to drink. I love it. It's very refreshing. So yes, thank you Midtown Brewing Company for sponsoring this episode. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Ethan, where do you want to go next? You know where I want to go next? 
Mars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Mars next. I, I already listened to the song. You showed me the music video for it a while back, and it was just nice to listen to it again. I, like, upon listening to it, I think I, like, obviously I still have an appreciation for it, but I, I was, like, looking back on, like, memories from high school and whatnot and, like, what that was like. I feel like I, it, that would have also been, a, like, a really good time for, like, this sort of song. And I feel like for high schoolers now, this is a very important song because it's all about, like, it comes at a time in your life where you might feel like outnumbered or yeah. like you might feel like an outcast or you don't really know who you are. Um, and other people are kind of like growing up around you. You're not really too sure what you're doing. Um, and I feel like with this one, like the chorus is very powerful where it's just like, is there any life on Mars? I feel like that question can be interpreted for like a lot of things, whether it's like, I want to go to Mars and like start over. Like I want to have like a blank slate because I feel like I've messed up or something or uh, you just want to go to Mars to like, like be left alone for a little bit, like just be on your own. Um, and I feel like that was a sentiment, like a lot of people, like including myself, I feel like back in the day we kind of related with, which is why I think it's like a very important song. And it's probably like a, a song that has a lot of value to people today, like especially younger people. For sure. I thought uh, one of the, the lyrics that I kind of related with or like that hit me was when he was like, she dreamed she'd go to California there. Everyone would adore her and all her mates would, will call her till four in the morning. And that one I just vibe with cause it's like California, exactly. it's LA, like the land. it's like the relatability there. So it's just like kind of like expectations and like failure to meet those expectations and what that feels like. I feel like that's something that you kind of go through a lot as you grow up and that's always tough to deal with. And I, I also like, I really like it because I feel like one of my friends from Ryerson, actually, he kind of has like a similar, the part where he, he asks the same question, like, do you feel like you're irrelevant over yeah. and over again? That's actually very similar to one of my friend's style of writing. I feel like he does that a lot where he'll, like, he asks these questions of your, and they're like pretty simple questions, but the repetition of it is enough that like it breaks through to you after yeah. the like third or fourth time and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, maybe I should actually genuinely ask this question yeah. to myself. So it's like, it's a very powerful song in that respect. Like it really, yeah, like it, it, it really breaks through to you and it kind of like gets you to look at yourself in a new light, which is really cool. Yeah, I totally agree. This for me is like the crown jewel oh, yeah. of the record. I feel like it really captures the essence of what Youngblood is trying to do and the messages he's trying to get across to people. And I, and I totally agree with you. I think like when you're going through high school and, or, you know, university or even just now, like even as an adult, there are days where I'm trying to figure out who exactly I want to be and who I am and all of that. And hearing songs like this makes you feel a little bit more validated that you also have those types of questions Mm -hmm. running through your mind. Right. I did read on genius that, Dom was inspired to write this song after meeting a a fan. Again, I think he writes a lot of his music after fan encounters and and the people that he talks to on a regular basis. But this particular fan who is a transgender woman Mm. never felt accepted by her parents. And she ended up taking them to a Youngblood show to kind of show them, like, this is the community I belong to and this is where I feel safe Mm -hmm. and all of that. And they were able to accept her after seeing the love and support from, you know, the unconditional love and support she was getting from total strangers yeah. uh, built around this artist, which, which of course is Youngblood. So I do feel like that is a nice tribute to somebody who was going through oh, yeah. a, an impossible time. And I think too, a, another reason why I love this song so much is the allusion to David Bowie's song, which is called Life on Mars. Oh. And Youngblood is a Bowie fan. He actually sang a version of Life on Mars, which NASA then used when they landed the Mars rover recently oh, as like cool. part of the launch party. It was like this whole thing. He's got a whole line of merch associated with it now. It's crazy. Oh, wow. But 
in David Bowie's song, he also asks, like, um, is there is there life on Mars, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, one of the major lines of the song. Also feeling different and maybe feeling like you're not accepted. I like that Youngblood was able to modernize it, a song from, you know, the 70s, 80s in that way, too. I thought that was very cool. Um, and I also found, like, I, and again, I hate to harp on him being a young kid, but, mm-hmm. like, if he's 23 now, let's say he was 22 when he was writing this song, and I was like, how profound is, like, that to come from this kid 22 years of Mm -hmm. age to be asking these really hard questions like is there life on mars is there anyone out there who understands me or who might be going through the same thing that i'm going through right Mm -hmm. now and then yeah to come in with this whole like do you feel like you're irrelevant do you feel like you're just scared as fuck and like Mm -hmm. hearing that you're right multiple times in the bridge of the song i was like oh my god like Mm -hmm. I have these thoughts too sometimes like where you you do you you kind of wonder like what am I what am I meant to do what am I here for what does this all mean what am I doing and that people are scared and they do feel irrelevant and it sometimes it just takes somebody to be brave enough to say it or maybe put it in a song to make them feel like they're not alone and I Mm -hmm. think that that's a beautiful thing yeah it's definitely very profound the way he's because I think we all kind of have those questions or we all kind of share those ideas that are mentioned in the song but it takes an extreme amount of talent to be able to like take it and work it into a song that can then like communicate it effect. Cause I feel like most, most ideas like are shared by everybody. The real challenge is like finding a way to like put it into words and putting it out into the world. That makes sense. And then people like hear it and be like, Oh yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. That's what I've been feeling that I haven't been able to explain for the longest time like that. And that's what he's able to do very well. So also I was, very, I, I know I caught the lyric where it was like, um, She's like, oh, I, can't, I don't know the exact lyric, but it was like, uh, they sent her to therapy. They always told her to be a better man. And I was yeah. thinking like, uh, oh, maybe there's there. a theme yeah. of, yeah. yeah. And so hearing that it was based on the fan, that makes a lot of sense now. And I was, it, I, I caught that. I was like, oh, okay. So maybe there's a message there. Yeah. He's, he's really good. I find it working in those little details, even in the, you know, in the first verse of the song, he says like, wear them lips in the coat. It was matching green. Mm. And he's, when he talks about this experience and meeting the fan, uh, he talks about she was wearing green lipstick. Oh, okay. so it's just like it, little details like that where like you'd have to dive in and do the research and actually learn why he might have written it that way. But he still does it in a in a catchy way uh, or maybe catchy is the wrong word. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I, I do actually love the song. I find myself singing the song and I highly recommend anyone who hasn't seen the music video too. I try and show the music video to as many people as possible because um, he essentially has representation uh, from different genders, from different races, uh, different gender identification as well of people kind of getting not getting beat up so to speak but like trying to be themselves and and whether that's through artistic expression of makeup or whoever that is but then having these kind of like disembodied hands like pulling at them and you know attacking them and restraining them restraining them and 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 preventing them from being who they're meant to be so it's a very powerful video and uh again I think he might have he might have directed it don't quote me on that but again I just admire him um for doing all of that and for putting something very important into the world I really love that, that he, like, a lot of his songs are inspired by fans. I think that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, me too. Inspired by the people, and then you put it out, and, like, because it's, like, yeah, I think that's a really cool thing to do. By the people, for the people. Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I guess it's my turn now. I think I'm going to skip to kind of a different, a similarly vulnerable song. Okay. Uh, but one that's maybe in a little bit of a different direction, and that's going to be Love Song. Okay. So the reason why I love Love Song, it, it it cuts very deep. 
I think mm. it was a very personal. The whole album is a very personal oh, yeah. album for Dom, but I think this might be the most personal one on the record because he's very open about growing up in an abusive household with abusive parents. Yeah. So, um, for example, in the in the first chorus, he or in the first verse, he says, "Only thing I knew that a love could lead me to was protecting my sisters from all the cuts and the blood that my mom and dad would always take out on each other." Mm. So he felt like, and he speaks about that how he felt like he had to, you know, keep his sisters safe when his parents were fighting and things got violent, and he grew up in a very violent household, and then how that impacted his ability to love and and maybe not even like love somebody else but also love himself but then in meeting somebody who gives you that ability to love how life-changing that could be it kind of shows that progression in the song where he says in the chorus nobody taught me how to love myself so how can I love somebody else there ain't no excuses I swear that I'm doing my best Mm. so clearly he like wants to find that love he wants to be in a relationship with somebody and have that with another person and um I don't know if it's been confirmed that it's he, he dated Halsey, the artist Halsey for oh, a period of time. Okay. And I think everybody thinks that this song is about her, even though it didn't work out. Like she kind of helped change his mind essentially right. about love, which I think is uh, a beautiful thing. And I just appreciate the songwriting and it's a, a little bit more of a gentler track, um, mm-hmm. different from the rest of the record. So uh, I love this one. Yeah. I, I wrote down it almost like you, you ever heard of the song Only Exception by Paramore? Yeah, very much like that. That's it gave me a similar vibe. It's a where, great comparison. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what makes like a great love. I mean, I, I want to call it a love song. I feel like this is it, it's a lot. I mean, that's it's the lo- main it's theme. It's called Love Song. It's the main theme. I feel like most love songs, like when you think of it, it's about like falling in love or whereas like I feel like with Only Exception or with Love Song like this, I feel like it's more about the struggles of love or like trying to understand the not the logistics of it, but like the administration. Yeah. Trying to understand the legislation of love, you know, um, like trying, yeah, like trying to understand how, like what it is and, and how to use it without hurting yourself or without hurting the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the reason why I love like this song along with like the only exception is because I feel like they're able to communicate these messages about love in such unique ways. Like I also remember the lyric about the mo- the mother and father, and I thought that was like a really, really interesting way of, of putting it. What was the line about, um, I feel like I can't give love if I... Well, he says, no, nobody taught me how to love myself, so how can I love somebody yeah. else? That's kind of like the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's just like... But yeah, then he says, like, you are changing my mind. Like, mm-hmm. sweetheart, you are changing my mind is like the main part of the Yeah, and that's like, I feel... That's where I feel like they share it almost, where it's like, there's this almost this fear of love, where it's like, I don't know if this is going to end up hurting me or if it's going to end up healing me, but you're changing my mind and you're going to be, you're going to be the only exception. I'm combining the two songs basically. <laughs> also but a great song by Paramore. I it forgot is, about it really that. Is. So yeah. good. But that was like the first thing I thought of. I was like, yeah, this is, it's like, they were both amazing for the same reasons where they were both unique in the way that they're written basically. You know, my only qualm with the um, Paramore song is what? I remember, because Glee was big at the time when oh, that song came out. Had to be Glee. Glee ruins and it. And I remember Glee did a version of it, and I was like, why did you take this song and ruin, why did you ruin it? Like, how Why? How dare you? Number, rest, I have many questions. Number one, how dare you? <laughs> rest in peace, all the songs that were ever covered on Glee. Oh, man. Because they're never going to see the light of day oh, now. Oh, my God. It was a lot. It's the same thing with, like, Pentatonix. I mean, like, they're they're good, oh. at least. I, and here's my thing with pentatonix. Like, no, no, no. Like, okay. <laughs> no, let's get real here. <laughs> <laughs> pentatonix, if you're listening, I apologize in advance. But I'm also just like, do they have? Okay, do they have original songs? Because maybe I'm being unfair. If they do, I I don't know any of them. I I know most of their covers more than anything. Well, and that's what they got yeah. famous for. Which, like, I have no shame on that. There's a lot of people who 
you know, got started by yeah. doing covers. Hey, like I play guitar. I only do covers because I don't know how to write music. Voice Avenue. <laughs> I'm sorry. But like, you know, I have nothing wrong with it. I have nothing wrong with it. But I'm like, at some point, even Voice Avenue came out with originals. Were they good? No. <laughs> but at least sorry, they voice. tried. <laughs> no, but it's like, at least they, they did. Their, they, they tried to like put something out there that was theirs. And with Pentatonix, I'm kind of just like, you guys are so talented. You could write songs using the style that you you have mm-hmm. your five voice style and maybe do something that's your own instead of just covering everybody else's music like to an, to an extent like yeah, yeah. I, I love a good cover but like maybe like I'm, I'm not i'm not an artist so i can i can just play covers in my condo alone because that doesn't matter but if you're gonna make money off of it you might put, as well yeah. put your own fucking songs out that's fair or like get someone to write if 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 it's all too much you know that's my, is that your young blood accent that no my, that wasn't you no michael kane michael kane we're learning, we're trying to do Cockney and like RP accents in school. So, What's RP? Uh, received pronunciation. Which it's is? It's like the queen. The queen, t- uh, I don't know how the to queen, do one. The just queen yet. talks like this. She's like, I, I don't. Very, that down. I can't, I can't do, do it I'm without sounding. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to channel like Olivia Coleman and um, Claire Foy from The, Clown, yeah. the Crown. The Clown. The Clown. The Clown. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen The Clown? The Clown. But uh, it's very like, it's very up here. And she's like, oh, I must go feed the dogs. It's the dog's time for dinner. <laughs> must feed the dogs. She's yeah. like, Diana, you are not allowed at dinner. <laughs> that's received pronunciation. It's like a, It's a specific kind of accent that's mostly used by like posh people. And then mm. Youngblood comes out and he's like... okay great discussion great discussion on love song we're still kicking we're doing things ethan where you want to go next i want to kick it off with some super dead friends really Mm -hmm. okay so tell me straight up you like this song or is it like a neutral or i liked it it? i thought so i think what determines i've kind of mentioned this i think what determines whether like what i when i like a song or not is when there's like an image or like when it it it, not necessarily like it's not always a story but like sometimes it like there's some sort of like picture in my mind. Yeah. And with this one, it was almost like very revolutionary. Like it gave me the okay. the sense of like uh, a young person takeover. Ah, and yes. It, if it wasn't that, it's almost like I also got like maybe trying to get independence from a pair of like really strict or conservative parents because there was like the line where he said, mom, dad, let me please, let me be free to come off my feet. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that's there, but I think the bigger picture might also be like, we're the new generation. We're coming up and we're changing things, you know? Yeah. We don't care about your norms. We don't care about your, like, the society and the the policies that have been here that have been restricting people for hundreds of years. We're getting rid of them. Change is coming. Yeah. That's kind of what I got. Um, I think there were the line, like, we don't care if you're black or you're white, Asian or sexually intertwined. It's time to take a look at the world through our eyes. If you stick around, you might like what you find. Take two from me and you start to divide. It'll give you all the energy times it by five. Like the first half of that, I thought it sounded very revolutionary. Yeah. Like we're coming to change the world right now. We come. Oh, Lord. We're, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. He coming. <laughs> Young blood's coming. Young blood for president, man. Oh, man. The American president. <laughs> no, I know. Well, yeah, because if it was England, it'd be prime minister. Yeah. And if know. it was here, it'd be prime minister too. Because yeah, we're so a colony. Yeah. I... <laughs> We're back in the colonies. The Commonwealth. Yeah, <laughs> the Commonwealth. I so this is an interesting one for me. I don't love this one. It's because it's like techno and. It's because I'm I've never got into Beastie Boys. Oh, is this what Beastie Boys were? I don't. Well, Beastie Boys were a rap group essentially, okay. right? And I feel like this is a little bit more Beastie Boys, but maybe a little bit more industrial. Um, Beastie Boys. It's still got that like signature Young Blood mm-hmm. 
I don't want to call it anger, but I guess like it's a sense of him releasing frustration yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in these types of songs. But it's not one that I like necessarily like will put on and like sing along to. It's a great song for like working out. I find mm. like if I'm like, you know, doing my hit workouts here in my condo because the gyms are closed, oh, yeah. I'll blast Super Dead Friends and it like gets me amped up, gets me ready. I agree that it's also a call to action and I love the lyrics that you called out too because they're just very like inclusive. Very inclusive. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just not one of my favorites. I, I, I think I like the side of Youngblood that's a little bit more vocal, mm-hmm. like vocal rangy, than oh, I, I see, do I the like clipped kind of rap. Because when Youngblood first came on the scene, he was like solely that like indie kind of alt rap punk guy. Right. And then he, I felt like he evolved with the 21st Century Liability album and then through Weird. And I almost felt like he kind of reverted back a little bit on this song. Not necessarily in a bad way, just not my cup of tea. Fair. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. I, I, I will be honest, I don't know who the Beastie Boys are. That's okay, you're young. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you for giving me the pass on that one. You're like, yeah, I think that's similar to the Beastie Boys. I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Okay, Ethan, we spent a lot of time today talking about um, this record, Weird, by Youngblood. A lot of amazing songs on there. A lot of strong messaging. Um, at this point in the podcast, what we're going to do is leave the listeners with some of our final thoughts, and then we're going to rate the album out of five Midtown Brewing Company's Strawberry Sour Light Beers. So uh, can you do that for me at this oh, moment? Yeah. I kind of mentioned at the beginning that this is like a kind of style, or like his style is not one that I'm used to just yet. But after listening to this album, I think I have like a new kind of appreciation for it, and I'm definitely kind of like... I'm interested to see what he does next because I really like what he's been doing. I really like his the messages that he has as, has in his lyrics. I, I didn't know about the whole um, inspiration from his fans. I think that's just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's all about unity and sort of um, the real art is kind of created in the establishment of that kind of inclusive community and creating that group of people that sort of welcomes each other. Um, it's like it's almost like a, a huge family. Like once you're like really a part of it, so I think that's really amazing. So. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what he does next. And to give it a rating out of Strawberry Sours, I think I'd give it, I think I'd give it a four out of five. All right, solid four out of five. That's pretty good. That is a great rating. So for me, my my overall thoughts on the record, um, this was definitely one of my favorites, favorite albums of the mm-hmm. year. Uh, I mean, it came out late in the year, right? And we had already gone through almost a year of living in living through the pandemic. When did it come out again? December 2020. Oh, it was December. Okay. Yeah, so it was kind of came near the end of the year again because of the delays and such. So I was like, I was just really looking forward to it. And, you know, like I was really happy that when it came out, this was an artist that I was excited for. And he like not only met my expectations with it, but he like blew them completely out of the water. Um, and I feel like it was something that I almost really needed to hear. Even in my late 20s, just like hearing about his experiences and the messages and the ideals that he's putting out into the world. I was like, I was, I was just floored. I was honestly just floored by him and how he was able to capture all of that in this record, in his songs, in the way that he writes, in the way that he composes everything. I was just so impressed by him. Um, and I think too, it just, it, it brings up this whole, um, idea of this really strong, confident, creative generation of musicians that's coming up now, like kids who are like your age, like Mm -hmm. who were born in like the two thousands and and who are taking over TikTok and such. Oh no. No, but you know what I mean? Like they're, they're the new breed of artists right now. And, uh, they have this like confidence and this like self assuredness that I really just wish I had at 27 Mm -hmm. years of age. And there's kids coming up and they're like 17. And I'm just like, how did, how did, (laughs) 
how did you do that? How did you do that? I just, it, it honestly blows my mind. I admire it so much. And on top of all of that, I think he made a stellar record. Like, hell yeah. From people like Bowie to, you know, Noel Gallagher to uh, the Beastie Boys to My Chemical Romance to Blink-182. He like touched on so many of the bands that mean so much to people. When I was growing up, when like my parents were growing up, like he spanned genres, generations, mm-hmm. everything. And um, I'm, I don't know. I just think it's it's a stellar record. So even though there are some songs I skip, like Super Dead Friends, I usually skip like Ice Cream Man. It wasn't Same. my favorite. So I got, but I have to give it a great rating. I'm gonna say four and a half out of five. Oh yeah. Strawberry sour. Trying to one up me. Yep. Nice. Always. <laughs> you're honest about it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, really enjoyed this record, and uh, I agree with you. I cannot wait to see what he does next because I know that it's going to be a shock. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> Me too, um, Ethan. That just about does it for uh, us on the pod today. But I want to say thank you for agreeing to come back and chat with me today. It was a pleasure to have you on. Always a always a pleasure to take part. It's an honor. Oh, thank you. I'm glad, and uh, can't wait to have you back. We're going to see if we can get you that record. Yeah, <laughs> I won't stop until I have that record. I want to be. St- Oh, I've already made that joke. I'm not going to make the Steve Martin <laughs> the joke Steve again. Steve Martin of the podcast. Maybe that'll just be my thing. That'll just be <laughs> the Steve Martin joke will be the Ethan joke. I love it. I'm down with it. But anyways, right. Ethan, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, to our listeners, thank you so much for listening.